AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live, coast to coast, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. Action-packed hour for you on Friday. It's Palooza. Colin Cowherd? Eh, he's skiing. We're here trying to make you money. In studio with me, the pros who know, NFL expert Steve Fezzik. And he's going to shine today, college expert Brad Powers. Why? Because we're going to be breaking down the whole first segment, each of the semifinal games for the college football title. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise We will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have pros without Joes. 
He's here too, Jonas Knox. And it's always good to be here on a jam-packed football Friday here on Fox Sports Radio with Straight Out of Vegas. And we come to you live, as always, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we do start with the college football playoffs which get underway Saturday at 4 Eastern time. It'll be Notre Dame and Clemson. And right now on pregame.com, Clemson is a 12.5-point favorite. Okay, Brad Powers, all the college knowledge. Here's what we're going to do. Not about picks. We'll get there at the end, perhaps. Let's break down what factors matter. If you're watching the game, if you're betting the game, what's the one factor that's going to dictate how this game is played? I'm looking at Clemson's defense, which is supposed to be the ultimate strength, the best unit on the field in this game. And I have some question marks. Number one, Clemson benefited from playing a very weak ACC schedule this year. But when Clemson stepped outside, played a couple of SEC teams, not great offenses in Texas A&M and South Carolina, averaged above average offenses. What did Clemson's vaunted defense do in those two games? Give up 500 yards to AM, almost lost the game, and gave up 600 yards and 35 points to South Carolina. Even though it's the best unit on the field, questions remain for Clemson's defense. Okay, now when you say Clemson played a relatively easy schedule, is that in general offense, defense of the opponents considered, or especially when it comes to the offenses they played? And oh, by the way, my understanding is, and again, I'm an amateur at the, on the college side. That's why we bring the experts in. Clemson's weakness, if they have any, and I think they do on D, is against the pass. Yep. So how many really good passing teams have Clemson played? Not many. Uh, maybe two or three. Two of the games being the, the couple games they struggled against Kellen Mond of A&M and Jake Bentley of South Carolina. Above average to good quarterbacks. The only other one, good quarterback they faced for the most part, was the Syracuse quarterback, Eric Dungy. And in that game, Clemson barely won that game outright. So is Notre Dame the best passing team they face? Notre Dame is the best passing team. From You take a look at the, the advantages that Notre Dame has at wide receiver and a quarterback in Ian Book that's in the top five in the country in completion percentage. This will be the best passing offense they've faced all year so far. Okay, now let's break down what neutral field means. So this is a true neutral? Yep, it's in Arlington, Texas. I do expect to ha- to see Notre Dame have a little bit more crowd support. But, yeah, we're talking quarter point or exactly. whatever. All right, so let's call it a true neutral. So if this game were in Clemson, the line would be 16, 16 and a half? Yeah, that's what the current market would have it. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah. That's what yeah. the line's saying. So my question is this. Has Clemson played any team like, who's the best team, do you think, Clem? Because we've already kind of decided the Notre Dame offense matches up pretty well against the Clemson D. So now the question is, well, just fundamentally, are the teams that disparate so that they'd be like a 17-point favorite? Who is the best team that Clemson's played? Texas A&M. And where was that game at? It was at College Station. All right, so, and what was the line? Clemson was a 12-point favorite. Okay, so Clem- now was this early, mid-year before A&M really emerged? Week two. Okay, okay. So they wouldn't have been a 12-point favorite if they played, let's say, the last week of the year. No, it would be like nine at College Station now, I would say. Because I guess the point I'm making is, (laughs) I guess the point I'm making, we've got our producer, Mackie, doing calisthenics, like right in the window there. (laughs) 
I mean, it's <laughs> got to get I it in when you can. I, I know a lot, colonizes day off, but come on, you're not. He's doing squat thrusts, I think. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. This is straight out of Vegas. All right. So I guess what I'm saying is, why is this line what it is? This just feels like you're going to look at it and say, wow, Notre Dame's one of the four best teams. They're, Clemson's not Alabama. How are they getting so many points? That's kind of level one. That's the Freddie Fanny Pack. Level two is, well, wait a minute. Notre Dame isn't very good. It's just because they're Notre Dame. They've had an easy schedule. But I think there's level three, which is, wow, this ain't the same Notre Dame team that's been dominated when they end up playing the best team like Bama, Notre Dame, five, six years ago. And and I think you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of times you don't find value in these big type of games because they're the isolated games at the end of the year and the market should be right unless there's something wrong with the media narrative. And if you go to any, whether it be ESPN, Fox, or whatever, half the questions this week surrounding Notre Dame was comparing Notre Dame to the 2012 team. If you watched Brian Kelly's press conference, nearly half the questions, how does this team compare to 2012? To me, that's the wrong media narrative. This, I'm The only guy left from 2012 is Brian Kelly, the head coach. Completely different coaching staff. Notre Dame's upgraded. They're much more balanced offensively and defensively. That's what's getting it wrong. Everyone's talking, ah, Notre Dame in the big yeah. stage. They stink. So, Fez, you, I heard you kind of <laughs> saying the same thing. Have you recanted? I have recanted. I think I fell into the trap of the ghost of Irish past, recent history where they have fairly recent history where they failed in all these big games. We all remember that. And oftentimes Alabama. they were getting in bowl games they didn't deserve to get in. Exactly. exactly. The rep, the reputation got them in versus this year. They truly had the resume where oh, they were they, worthy. You can't even debate that they should be in. Right? Another, another reason I really like Notre Dame is think about the end of the year. They had to fly to L.A. They had to fly to San Diego. They had to fly to New York. And they didn't have a hiccup other than the, the USC game where they struggled a little bit. Whole lot of travel, and they handled it massively. How many, how many true home games did Notre Dame have? Six. True home games? I think six or seven. That's all. I'm, I'm saying I think less. No, no, no. They because they had a bunch of neutrals, right? Were all the neutrals their aways? And they had three true road, road games, so that, that's the big thing. They Only had- one of their last five was home against Florida State. Okay, maybe that's what I Yeah, was that's th- what. Most uh, of their home games were early. Five of their first six games were at home. Okay, so let's wrap this up, and we're going to find out, are you guys batting it? Is To me, it strikes me that if maybe if the matchups were even, no matchup advantage other than just the true strength of the teams, I'd say this is a little expensive, just a little bit. I think you add in that Notre Dame can pass, and that's a problem for Clemson. I think you're looking at real value on Notre Dame here. Plus 13, is that you can still get it out there? Yeah, you can find 13. Majority of the lines have it 12 and a half, though. All right, so Brad Powers, are you betting Notre Dame? I am betting Notre Dame in this game. Fez. I am also betting Notre Dame. Can't get any clearer than that. The only thing that would make this a stronger pick is if Jonas said he liked Clemson. Jonas? <laughs> I mean, if it's best for the show, I'll take Clemson. You know, I'll throw so myself your, under the what's bus. Your, what's your gut thought? I would take Notre Dame. Uh, that oh, many points for a I quality still like team. It. I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, so we know it, every Saturday night when there when there's a big enough matchup, and there is a big enough matchup, is you've got Alabama and you've got Oklahoma, and it's in Miami, and the Crimson Tide are a 14-point favorite. That means that on certain occasions, it's time for this. And action.
Time to get some Saturday night action in. All right, Brad, same style. Number one factor in this game, Bama by 14. Number one factor for me is yet I think there's another media narrative that's wrong. And the media narrative that's out there is Alabama defensively struggles always with dual threat quarterbacks. Yes, that's been the case for a majority of the Nick Saban era. So run pass, Johnny football style kind of problem. Yep. And now, has that changed? Because we know it's what he's obsessed over Saban in the off seasons for multiple years. Here's what's changed significantly this year Alabama in past years struggled with it why they didn't get to see it in practice you got a statue in AJ McCarron and Greg McElroy quarterback and you've had some run first quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts the last couple of years this year this year is the first year Alabama has seen a true dual threat quarterback every single day in practice therefore my expectation is they're going to be better equipped to defend it Ooh, that's interesting all right so that lends it to say Bama but, boy, this is expensive, so maybe let's get your pick, and then we can reverse engineer it. Right now, lean or like on this one. I do lean with Alabama minus the 14. Okay. Because, to me, what worries me is the idea that, that Oklahoma is the ultimate backdoor team, meaning let's say there's seven minutes left and Oklahoma's down 28 or 27 I mean, are, are you even, you know, doesn't Oklahoma even have a 30% chance to come back with two late touchdowns? So I guess the question is, how does a team truly get margin? The only way to get margin is stops. Is, is will Bama be able to stop Oklahoma enough to get margin? I think they can because the other main factor for me is one of Oklahoma's best weapons, their wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, probably the the I would say one of the fastest players in the country maybe the best deep threat in all of college football he's gonna play and it's reflected in the line he's fine he's gonna play is he fine though he suffered a relatively bad leg injury in the final game of the big 12 championship game if he's 80 percent and it's a leg injury he might be taking away one of his biggest advantages which is his speed so he 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 them them we're talking Oklahoma. Hollywood Brown for Oklahoma wide receiver all right, so, but really, where do you move the line for, let's say he was out. Is it even a half point? Oh, at least a half point. Okay, and you're saying hobbled. Hobbled. Okay, Fez, what's your thoughts? I'm worried about Tua. He's 85%, according to himself, in terms of his health. And you talked about it, RJ. If we're going to bet Alabama, we want Alabama to get up by more than 21. But what's going to happen if Bama gets up 21 and Tua's at 85%? All of a sudden, Going to have to play in that championship game. Maybe Alabama goes vanilla, goes conservative, doesn't want to get too hurt, and the back door might right, swing so, open. So let's be clear. So vanilla implies not showing schematic stuff. Saban had – I can promise you, Saban's already game-planned Clemson. He's already – so my thought is he might show things now that's going to trick the opponent. He's that next-level chess player, Saban. So I wouldn't think vanilla if they get up big. I think – taking the air out of the ball and getting conservative, lowering the number of possessions so Tua and making those possessions less dangerous physically because what's the most dangerous thing? Not handing the ball off. It's third and 12s where you're not throwing on the third step drop. So, so you're saying if Bama gets up significantly because Tua is banged up, Bama gets conservative with her play calling, and it might allow a, a, an Oklahoma backdoor. Correct, because Tua probably won't be running the ball nearly as much as he would if the game was on the line. I tell you guys, here's the most important thing. Last thing is most important. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. 
you you can only make money betting if the line is wrong. It's almost impossible that the line's going to be wrong two out of two games, meaning, oh, the line really should be 17 here, or, oh, it should really be 10. You know, that's extreme, maybe 11 and 16. Okay, I don't think it's wrong. I think the line's probably about, could you really think 11? I would race to the window. You give me 17, I'd race to the window. The fact it's in that corridor kind of – now, I could see you make the case Clemson should only be 10. Like, I think that's – I'm not saying that's – I'm saying that case could be made, thus probably at 13 there's value on Notre Dame. I think the line's probably right in the Alabama game. So if you're betting for fun, have some fun. But if you're betting for profit, the line's got to be wrong – and just because there's two TV games, just because there's Saturday night action, doesn't mean it's wrong. Last word, Brad. Yeah, and we haven't seen any line movement in the Oklahoma-Alabama game. Open 14, we've had a month of betting action, and it's still 14. Sign the lines right. When we come back, it's week 17 in the NFL. We're going to give you the wisest wise guy wisdom on each and every game. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a moment, we will have the wisest wise guy wisdom, a peek into every single game in the NFL this Sunday. Each weekday, we have fun bringing the fun of Vegas straight to you right now on the Strip. 50 degrees, and the neon is flowing. All right, guys, let's get it started. A busy Sunday in the NFL, and we start with the Giants and the Cowboys. New York, a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, this game is a great teaching moment when it comes to what matters motivationally last week of the season. Late in the season, but especially last week of the season. One is the team at home because home teams don't want to lay down in front of their fans. They're less inclined to lay down in front of their fans. Number two, is it a division game? Because a division game, you, you don't like that other team typically, and thus you're less likely to lay down. And then finally, is the team on a losing streak? Because if a team's on a losing streak, they don't want to finish the year with a three four, five-game losing streak. Well, think about the Giants here. They're on a losing streak. They lost two straight. They're at home, and they're playing the Cowboys. You would expect Giants to be motivated, but again, take those concepts. You can apply them to all the games Week 17. Raiders at the Chiefs, Kansas City, a 14-point favorite. Speaking of motivation, the Raiders, at least by the eye test, and we thought right here on Straight Out of Vegas it could be so, Extra motivated on Monday night, last game likely in Oakland. Now they're on the road off that quote-unquote Super Bowl-type effort. I think Raiders' motivation here is certainly, or at least a flat spot, a letdown for the Raiders is very possible. Gruden, after winning on Monday night football, actually said it's great to end the year with the win. Apparently he doesn't realize he's got a Week 17 game here. But he's still getting paid $10 million a year. Panthers at the Saints, New Orleans, a seven and a half point favorite. <laughs> Ultimately, that trumps everything. I actually think that that Bridgewater, because he will play most likely a big chunk of the game. I don't know if he starts. I don't know if it's after a possession or two. But I think, wait, they gave up a third rounder, if I remember, for Bridgewater. 
Drew Brees is old. Bridgewater isn't. This could be a real bait attached, a real let's throw the heck out. You might think, oh, the game doesn't matter for the Saints. It doesn't, which means you can let Bridgewater throw, throw, throw and see what you got with Bridgewater. I actually think the Saints score more points with Bridgewater throwing than they would with Drew Brees being conservative. So I actually like the Saints. I don't like the Saints in the game as much. I think the Saints score a bunch and Bridgewater throws a bunch. Jets at the Patriots, New England, favored by 13 and a half. How are the Patriots going to make the Super Bowl? By having shootouts without Josh Gordon, without any real downfield playmaker? Or playing old school defense, home field advantage, run the ball with their first round pick, Michelle, football. Well, the Bills, last week's opponent for New England, a better rush defense. So what would Belichick typically do? Throw. He likes to go against your weakness. Still, though, the Pats ran. What does that tell you? Belichick wants to run. Now the Jets actually defensively much weaker against the run. My thought is you're going to see a ton of running from the Pats. Eagles at the Redskins. Philly is a a seven-point favorite, rather. Yeah, and to me in this game, you got to ask yourself, what's going on in the building for Washington? So they have a safety, DJ Swearinger, an alternate on the All-Pro t- or the Pro Bowl. Pretty good player, you would think, right? He got cut. Why did he get cut? Because he questioned the defensive play calls last week against Tennessee. So you might think, RJ, wow, that's a sign of a team disruption. That's a sign of a team having some kind of coup Well, no, that's a sign of the coup being stopped, saying, we don't care who you are. I don't care if you're an all-pro alternate, Pro Bowl alternate. We are going to cut you if you cause trouble. So if anything, I think this is a sign to the rest of the skins. They might not like it, but buckle up, do what the coach says, or who knows what's going to happen to your career. So, As I'm considering this game, I think the fact Swearinger got cut probably speaks badly to Washington for the next two, three, four years. But I think for this week, it probably increases my interest in them because I think everyone's on notice. Don't mess around. Finish the season strong. The players may be on notice. My concern is the fans aren't going to be there at FedEx. Two-thirds of this crowd, I think, will be Eagles fans. Yeah, maybe, maybe. but and, And that's a great point. But I think motivationally, I think if you think, oh, Washington's in disarray, I think they may be. But, hey, you know, if the guard has the gun on you, you still do what the guard says. The Packers are an eight-point favorite hosting the Lions. Luckily, I've never been incarcerated, but I've seen movies. (laughs) You know, to me, I just don't understand why Aaron Rodgers is playing. I got last week, I got the narrative, the idea that, hey, we were 0-7 on the road, the Packers, and we don't want to be 0-8. But now, you know, with his number one receiver questionable, too, for Green Bay, you got to wonder if they get down 10-0, does Aaron Rodgers sit? Because remember, Green Bay was down big last week and stormed back late. I think they were down 15 against the Jets. I don't think Green Bay does that here. So I have no doubt Aaron Rodgers, or I'm highly likely he's going to start. But I think there's a real chance Aaron Rodgers doesn't finish the game. Jags at the Texans. Houston, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, our producer, Lauren, had an idea a while back. We haven't done it yet. It was 
who is this line made for anyway? Kind of a play on whose line is it? Who is this line made for, Fez? Houston, with everything to play for, they could be the number one seed, and they literally could be the number six seed. Like, think about that. That's I, I'm almost sure about that. I know they can be the five. I know that. And I know they can be the one. They have everything to play for. Jacksonville has nothing to play for. And the line's six and a half. And it's Houston at home. What's going on? Is this the, the better, is this the bookies, the bad bookies saying, come on, baby, keep coming with Houston because they don't seem to care if they're lopsided on Houston, which that scares me. That makes me not want to bet Houston. It is a curious line move from seven down to six and a half. Apparently the betters love Blake Bortles suddenly. <laughs> Browns at the Ravens, Baltimore, a five and a half point favorite. I haven't heard this stat much. It came from a guy in the pregame.com forums. He's a great contributor. Rookie quarterbacks playing in Baltimore against John Harbaugh, one in 10 straight up, four passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Falcons at the Bucks. Atlanta, a one-point favorite. We talked about it a number of times. Winston has a contract, which if he gets hurt, it's guaranteed for his fifth year, and it's 20-plus million. We were surprised they let Winston play because every play they were risking, risking that contract. I think now they've probably decided, hey, we're going to go with Winston. It would seem because they kept letting him play, and he played pretty well at least one more year ago with them for Tampa. Now you got the coach, Cutter, saying the backup, Kyle Griffin, I guess the third stringer, might get some significant time. I think now that they've seen enough of Winston and now they're talking about Griffin playing really makes me think because of both, hey, let's see what we got with Griffin, but also if we're going to sign Winston, let's make sure he doesn't get hurt because there is that $20 million guarantee. My feeling is we see less Winston than you might think. Dolphins at the Bills, Buffalo a six-point favorite. We have trademarked the term dream crusher. That means a team loses a game that – made their season-long goal impossible. Their dreams were crushed. Miami, last week, their dreams crushed. Now, what's worse the game after that, you're usually a letdown, usually flat, is going to the cold, windy Buffalo against a very physical, running Bills team. I think the matchup is horrible for Miami. And if you don't think a team from Miami might not struggle in the cold, well, just yesterday, the Miami Hurricanes went to New York City and got crushed by Wisconsin as a favorite. Sunday night football sees the Colts a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Titans. Sometimes you need to know the trends to follow. Sometimes you need to know the trends to ignore. If anything, fade. All this talk about, oh, and Andrew Lux never lost to Tennessee. Who effing cares? It's a new coach. <laughs> so the idea that, again, these, these franchise trends are often about the quarterback and the coach. And to me, in this case, it's mostly about the coach. And I think that narrative, he's never lost, he's never lost. Wow. To me, that's affecting the line. And it's not so much I think it makes Tennessee the better bet, but if Indianapolis gets more expensive because everyone's thinking Andrew Luck never loses against these guys, that means there possibly is value on Tennessee. The Steelers are a 14-and-a-half point favorite hosting the Bengals. Marvin Lewis, we did a study is the best coach in the NFL. Now, what can I say next? You don't hear that often. Marvin Lewis is the best coach in the NFL. 
when eliminated from the playoffs against the spread. He is now 11-1-1 the last two weeks of the year when he's eliminated from the playoffs. That's against the spread, Fez. 11 winners, one loser, one push. Bears at the Vikings, Minnesota, favored by five and a half. Chicago, if Minnesota wins, will likely play Minnesota again next week. Because of that, that makes this one of the most complex games I've ever seen because the theory is Chicago isn't, once they see if they do, the Rams are going to win the game, Chicago is going to be very motivated not only to take their starters out, but to quit showing anything schematically, to go vanilla because they've got to go against the very same team the next week. I think that's a big advantage for Minnesota. The Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorite at the Broncos. Keep this one simple. No team do I have less faith in on Sunday to play hard, to play well, than Denver. I don't want the Chargers in general here, but I think Denver is the team I have the most pessimism for. Cardinals at the Seahawks. Seattle favored by 13-and-a-half. Here's the question. NFL teams don't tank. But if you got the number one pick in your sights, does that have, and a coach likely out the door, what are you playing for? I get it. NFL teams don't tank. But if a team's ever going to put in less than 100% effort, if there's ever going to be a situation where the GM, the owner, it comes down on high, hey, maybe this third-string quarterback should get some time. Maybe this, maybe that. It would be this game, and it'd be obviously a negative for Arizona. And lastly, the 49ers are at the Rams. L.A. is a 10-point favorite at home. Nick Mullins, a lot of people happy with him. Goff, a lot of people skeptical now. Mullins, though, on the road, hasn't played nearly as well. Flip side, Goff at home, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions this season. So, yeah, Goff hasn't had a good season, but at home, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, pretty, pretty good. Fez, last name. And San Francisco's just played three consecutive home games, so Mullen, of course, looked good in those games. Now he's got to go on the road. Exactly. In just one minute, we're going to tell you some special professional betting secrets for Week 17. That's coming up next, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Isaac Lohenkron. Hey, Jonas, let's start in the NFL, where today the Tennessee Titans listed quarterback Marcus Mariota as questionable for Sunday night's winner-take-all game against the Colts because of neck and knee injuries. Today, Mariota was a limited participant in practice. Saints head coach Sean Payton announced today that Teddy Bridgewater will start a quarterback on Sunday against the Panthers. Of course, New Orleans has already clinched the one seed in the NFC. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said today that star receiver Antonio Brown having tests done today because he experienced knee discomfort. Brown is officially listed as questionable for the Steelers' regular season finale Sunday against the Bengals. The Rams will hold out star running back Todd Gurley from Sunday's game against the 49ers. In the NBA, Lakers guard Rajon Rondo had surgery today to repair a sprained ligament in his right ring finger. Lakers say Rondo is expected to make a full recovery in four to five weeks. In college football today, Auburn defeated Purdue in the Music City Bowl 63-14. The Tigers led 56-7 
at halftime. And right now at the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Syracuse has a 14-9 lead over West Virginia midway through the second quarter. Jonas, back to you. Thanks, Isaac. Straight out of Vegas comes to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, we will have best bets, your chance to make a little bit of coin as we head into a busy NFL and college football weekend. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Gotta love live radio talking about Bridgewater. Now he's a starter looking at the line moves. It's going to surprise you. Line with Saints favored against Carolina by seven and a half. Now favored by seven. Wait a minute. Hold on. Could it possibly be Drew Brees worth a half point? No. Remember, every spread has built into it all known knowledge. The known knowledge was Drew Brees was unlikely to play a big chunk of this game. So when it was announced, it caused a little bit of a move, but not as much as you might think. Guys, there is an interesting topic this weekend in the NFL, and it comes to betting on Week 17. A lot of variables out there. Who's playing for what? Who's sitting? Who's not? RJ, what is the Vegas perspective on how to handle wagering and betting in Week 17? This is pro-secret type stuff here. And we talked about motivation. And quickly, let's review that one more time. Home teams that don't have anything to play for tend to play harder. And the stats back that up, the history. Also, teams on a losing streak because they don't want to finish the year losing that third, that fourth game. Carolina's a team on a long losing streak. They'd be very motivated to get a win to end the year. Finally, also Carolina is division. If you got one team that has something clearly to play for, now in this case you don't in the Saints, but the other team you're wondering, what are they playing for? Well, if it's in division, they not only want to win that game, but they want to be spoiler Right, Play spoiler like Cincinnati, obviously, would be an example of that. Okay, but Fez, you are a master of derivatives, of the kind of bets that the average better doesn't make, but the professional better, well, that better he does. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. That's Fez, and a lot of that has to do with your derivative betting. To me... I think Week 17 offers such a big opportunity. Why? Because of the scoreboard watching and the way one game can affect another game and it be something you bet into parlays, into two-teamers, three-teamers, figuring if one thing happens, the chance goes up that the other thing happens. Now, in years past, you could actually bet these parlays where one was a, some of the games were a 1 o'clock start, some were a 4 o'clock Eastern start, and boy, oh boy, it was like you really had the correlation. Here, it's not as obvious, but it's about scoreboard watching. So in general, how do you, as a professional batter, NFL expert, Steve Fezzik, approach the correlations and scoreboard watching in Week 17? Yeah, well, I try to look at the team that has the most to gain from another team losing. So let's look at the Chargers, for instance. They could still become the number one seed if Kansas City loses. They can win the division, but Casey has to lose. So we know the Chargers are going to be looking up at the scoreboard with Kansas City. If Kansas City's up 21 to nothing at halftime, the natural reaction, for if I'm the Chargers, deflation, hey, our game really doesn't mean Maybe anything. start sitting some guys. 
okay. And if you look at the number, though, hey, the Chargers are a big favorite. It really doesn't seem to be built into the number that some of these bigger favorites, Chargers are a good example, could be deflated. Exactly right, because right now they've got something to play for, but by halftime it might be clear that they don't. So now you can say, okay, figure out, let's use the Chargers and Kansas City as an example. Figure out which of those four teams, those two and their opponents, you like as a pick the best. Let's just say you think Kansas City is going to roll. Like you really feel it. Okay, maybe you back Kansas City to cover the big number. Or maybe you bet Kansas City to cover the big number in a two-team parlay with Denver figuring if Kansas City wins. And in a two-teamer, if Kansas City doesn't win, your second pick doesn't even matter. If Kansas City wins and covers, then the chance of the Chargers winning goes down. That's the chance of Denver winning slash covering, more covering, goes up. Why? Because of that deflation effect. So a big chunk of the time you cover the spread with Kansas City, I think you increase the chance of Denver covering. Agree. Agree. And if you want an even bigger edge, Kansas City first half minus eight parlayed to Denver because that way the Chargers will look up at a scoreboard that has KC way up at halftime. Now that might be a little too complicated for <laughs> national radio, but if it's not, take advantage of it. Speaking of complicated maybe not we're gonna have our best bets next but mine's gonna be a correlated three-teamer i'm gonna give you three teams that's the best time to be bad three teams that's coming up next he's rj bell i'm jonas knox and it's the pregame show you always wanted right here on fox sports radio Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm R.J. Bell. We're Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. It is best bets time. We do it every single Friday here on Fox Sports Radio. We're going to go around the room, and we're going to start with our NFL expert, Steve Fezzik, for his best bet. Going to go Chicago, Minnesota, the total. We're going to go under the 40 and a half points. It is all about the Vikings' commitment to the run. The Vikings had been running the ball only 33% of the time under their new OC, Stefanski. They've been running 57% of the time. And when you're an under better, you love it. When a team is running more than passing, the clock goes tick, 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 and it shortens the game. But what I really like about this under is that I think that the Bears – are going to go ahead and go very vanilla in this game. Should the Bears lose this game, the Bears have a very likely possibility that they have to play the Vikings first round of the playoffs. What does that mean? I don't think the Bears are going to show anything on offense other than vanilla stuff, and that will keep the scoring down more than likely under 40 and a half. Now, I question the certainty, Fez, of one of your premises, but I think that even in that scenario – your pick makes sense under the total Minnesota-Chicago. Here's why. Chicago has a, a real chance. Well, in fact, it's not a chance. It's an absolute. If they win and the Rams lose, they get a bye. That is gigantic. Just think the likely matchup is going to be in the divisional round, Chicago and L.A. What's the line if the game's in Chicago? What's the line if the game's in L.A.? This is one, typically it's a six-point flip, this might be seven, eight points, right? Just just because of Chicago's home field in the cold and the history this year, the one time 
where the Rams got dominated there. And Goff not being able to play well in the cold this year. Absolutely. So I think the Bears enter this game and Minnesota full effort. What's very possible is, and it's teasing to my pick here in a minute, it's very, very possible that if the Rams get up in their game by 14, all of a sudden now both Chicago and Minnesota slows and goes vanilla and gets conservative. Why? Because they likely play each other the next week. So, yeah, it's one thing Chicago now has nothing to play for, but if Minnesota has a 14-point lead, are they going to be looking to score? Are they going to show trick plays? No. They're going to slow it down too, figuring we got to play these guys next week. So I think once it gets to the point, if it does, that Chicago doesn't have a chance to get the number two seed, I think both Chicago and Minnesota start scoring less. Do you agree with that? Agree strongly. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Here on Straight Out of Vegas, we don't always recommend you be bad, but there is a time and then there's a place. So you want to be bad? Really bad? Vegas is here to tell you the best time to be bad. Listen, we embrace your humanity, your nature. I can promise you, I've had a few moments at the Rhino, for example, with chicken wings. I've been bad. I haven't been able, not, the Rhino and chicken wings are separate, Fez. You're looking at me <laughs> with a lot of curiosity. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. That's but a visual. <laughs> they're both late at night, right? But one's in front of my television and the other, yeah, okay. So what we try to do every Friday, especially coming into the weekend, is how can you play like, uh, you know, parlays, teasers, things you have fun with and still be profitable. Here it is. Three-teamer. Three-teamer. Play the Rams, play Minnesota, and play Washington. Yes, Washington. Here's why. Imagine the following scenario. Rams get up 17 nothing. Chicago looks up and says, huh, we can't get the number two seed. Time to rest. Well, all of a sudden, well, we know if the Rams are up 17 nothing, that pick looks good. Also, Minnesota looks good now. And also, Philly looks up and says, wait a minute. The Bears are sitting down, laying down. Minnesota's up 14. What do we have to play for? So Washington looks good. Now, I get it. The Rams could lose. I'm not saying this is a short thing. What I'm saying is if the Rams do blow out and cover that big number, all of a sudden now Minnesota looks better, and all of a sudden now Washington looks better. Best time to be bad, three-teamer, Rams, Minnesota, Washington. Finally, it is best bet time from Brad Powers here on Straight Out of Vegas. Yeah, and you don't have to wait long for this one. The Alamo Bowl tonight on Friday kicks off in two hours. Best bet for me, Iowa State plus two and a half, and it's all about a fade for the opposing team's head coach, Washington State head coach Mike Leach, one and seven against the spread in bowl games. Got a quirky offense, but when it comes to bowl games, you got extra time to prep for that quirky offense. And the last three bowl games for Washington State, they're averaging exactly half. Half as many points as they do in the regular season. Take Iowa State to shut them down, plus two and a half. On Monday, it's New Year's Eve. I don't know if Colin Cowherd's working. We're here, 6 o'clock Eastern, getting ready for January 1. If you missed any of today's show, check out the podcast on foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas, back Monday, 6 Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you. Graduate Hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.